Yo, 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 this is Romeo Marquez Jr. Thanks for tuning in to episode number two of Superstar Success University. I'm really excited to have a conversation with my good friend and comedic superstar, Mr. Amir K. You ready to do this, Amir? I'm doing it live, bro. We're <laughs> doing, doing it live. Doing it live. So Amir K is one of the fastest rising young comedians in Hollywood. He's a storyteller and a master improviser, which has led him to roles to be on MTV's Jerks with Cameras, as well as being seen on Ben Affleck's Academy Award winning movie, Argo. So Amir, that's just a, a little brief synopsis of who you are and what you do. Go ahead and tell us a little bit more of who you are and what you do. Well, thank you, Romeo, and it's a uh, it's a huge honor to be on your show, buddy, to do your second episode. I know. Um, let me just say real quickly that how proud I am of you thank for doing you. all the things that you're doing because um, <laughs> I don't know if your listeners know this, but we went to college together, and yes. it's so cool to see. Uh, went to UCLA together. Yeah, and, UCLA and Bruins. Nice that's right, baby, and it's nice to see you doing your thing, man. So yeah, that's likewise. It. Um, likewise. What? What? So you want to know? Um, yeah, like, just what do you, you want to know? What else you want people to know? Like, yeah, sure. Well, okay, I'm a stand-up comedian. Um, that's what I do for a living now, and it's the best job in the world. And I do, uh, you know, I perform every single night, uh, which is very important in this business to do is to stay sharp and um, lot because there's a lot of competition out there, but it's it's just it's just fun every every night is you know I'm living my dream so it's cool but yeah I perform every night like the Laugh Factory Comedy Store Improv Ice House any comedy club you name in uh, Southern California I perform at, uh, especially in Hollywood right. every single night and then I tour a lot I'm actually taking off tomorrow morning uh, to where, where uh, are you headed I'm doing uh, Vancouver Seattle and Oregon and just the uh, three city run in three days and then come home and then I go back out again I believe to San San Jose. And then I think Connecticut and New York. I don't know. I got a lot of stuff. This is uh, starting to get busy season. Let me tell y'all that Amir has always just been a funny dude. Just <laughs> every time we see each oh, other, man. he always makes me laugh. And one of the things that he, he does are just different character voices. And it makes me think about, like, when did you find out that you wanted to be a comedian and just do this professionally. I, you know, I hang, hang out with a lot of comedians now. I mean, most of my friends are, are comedians, so it sounds like we all have similar stories. You know, we're always like the, the funny guy in the group or whatever. And, and for me, I grew up with, uh, you know, a lot of different races and stuff like that. So I think I, I get my characters from, uh, you know, just, just growing up, like the guys that I used to hang around with. I grew up with so many, you know, like I grew up with Mexicans, blacks, uh, whites, Asians. I mean, so I, in my act, I do a lot of different characters of different ethnicities. ethnicities. Uh -huh. And I think, uh, you know, my background had a lot to, lot to uh, do with that. But uh, as far as when I knew I was going to be, be a stand-up comic, I think, I, I don't know, it's hard to actually remember. I think in fifth grade, I was like watching um, one of my teachers, this guy, Mr. Smith. Uh -huh. He was uh, so funny in class, and I remember at that time I'm like, dude, this is this is so cool. And he like read, he would read a book to us, uh -huh. and I, I I totally forget the name of the book. Um, it was like Miss Pickett or something. I forget the name of the book, but anyway, <laughs> he would read the he would read the book in class, like for like tw a half hour or something at the end of class every day, uh -huh. and and he would he would do the characters in the book, like he'd pretend to be the character, and I was like, dude, this is so funny. And, I, and then at that time, I was like, man, I, I just want to be a funny teacher, you know? I, I remember thinking, like, oh, I think I want to be a funny teacher. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I, he, we did a play based off of his book, and I had so much fun, like, in, in the class for, the, for me and, like, three or four other students. And I had so much fun, like, performing for the other, other students in the class. Uh -huh. And I was like, I, I kind of had a little feeling there. And, I, I mean, I didn't know what that was. But I was like, okay, cool. I like this, you know, but 
growing up in like a Middle Eastern household or whatever, I don't think that like the entertainment thing was never like <laughs> right. a viable option. Like, you know what I mean? So it was always culture, like school, right. school, school. Yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, minorities. I feel like you know our cultures tell us like, okay, you got to do education, you know, to to the to the billionth degree or whatever. So yeah, I did that, and then uh, and then I think in seventh grade I got an opportunity from my Spanish teacher. I was always, like class clown, cracking jokes and stuff like that. I just would always do that in class. Uh-huh. And um, my my Spanish teacher, this guy Senior Norga, we used to call him Senior Norga. Uh-huh. He uh, gave me and my buddy Mike Israel an opportunity to host like the big talent show for the school. So we got to host it. So me and Mike like sat down and wrote all these jokes and we wrote all these gags that we do. And we had, I mean, I had the most fun I've ever had, like, you know, uh, outside of my, like, it just, I had a blast doing it. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I remember thinking like, dude, I'm going to be a comedian. I'm going to do something right in, like in front of people, making people laugh and have a good time. And so I'd say like, that's when I kind of figured out when, but I had to like suppress that for so long. It's so sad to say this because you, you know, we went to UCLA together and even then I was like, studying to go to law school and it's one of those things where you find your passion when you're young like those things that excite you you know as a young person i remember performing to michael jackson and i just knew like there was this sense of performing i I didn't know what it was going to be like in my future but i just knew i wanted to perform of some sort you know that's so funny you say that because i used to have a michael this is in iran dude i remember this because i was born in iran i came here I came here when I was like four, but I remember playing a Michael Jackson tape like that. My, my, uh, I forget, like one of my cousins or something had it playing it. And then like you said, dancing to that, right. going, this is so cool. I'm like dancing. And I remember just like loving to dance for like the other people in the fans. See the power of music, just the power of performing and just the power of just being free for the longest time. I'd be free you know, I'd express myself in all these ways. And then I just would push things away because I had to focus on school or I had to do this and I'd push my talents and my gifts and my interests to the side. You know, no, but you know, what's funny, you know, what's funny about you, Romeo is something I could tell no one who's a personal friend is you have this energy and this drive about you which is like, I, I kind of was like so envious of it. I mean, cause I was like, how, how is he so motivated? You were always so motivated. <laughs> and what's hilarious is I always knew no matter what it was you were going to do, I didn't care if you were going to be like a dishwasher or, or, or a famous actor, whatever, you were going to be the best. I don't know. You said earlier that it, uh, what, you inspire me so much, man. Like, so it's cool to see you doing your thing. And, uh, and, uh, like when you asked me to do this, I was like, dude, any, anytime, like there's, there would be no, no reason not to. I'm sure your listeners know or whatever, that, uh, you know, you study theater at UCLA, but you were just working so hard at that. And what I find now, like hanging out with a lot of successful comedians, you know, uh, on a day-to-day basis, like those guys that work the hardest are the guys that you see on TV every day. Those are the guys that make it. Those are the guys that are uh, doing the biggest things. You know what I mean? Those are the, the Chris Rocks, the, you know, Louis C.K.'s. It's, it's people like that that just spent their whole time just working toward their passion and doing it on a day-to-day basis and not and being relentless and not giving up and not um, accepting failure. Right. That This goes on to my next question. First of all, before I go to that next question, I just want to say thank you. I feel honored for you to even say that, and it goes both ways. You know, it's real mutual when inspiration kicks in because every time you're out on tour, I was like, oh, it gives me more drive to put my work out there more. So it goes both ways, brother. So what's some of the best advice you've received being in an industry where it's not so easy? Um, the best advice, now, I, I mean, I'm going to give some advice, and this is advice that I've gotten in my career as well, is that it, 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 whatever your passion or drive is, whether it be dancing or 
um, uh, public speaking or stand-up comedy or acting or whatever. You just got to do that. Do it and do it consistently, and good things will happen if you just keep on doing what you want to do. That's like the advice I got early on was like just get up and do every open mic you can do every single night. Do two or three uh, sets a night. Um, even more if you can, and do as many as possible. And and that's what you do for the first three years of stand-up. That's, I, every single night I spent at a coffee shop, a, a laundromat, any place that would have a mic and a speaker, I'd go to and do stand-up. You, you sometimes have to sacrifice a lot, but, but if that's your dream and that's your passion, at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it. It's just so much more fulfilling than doing something that, um, you're, you know, you, at the end of the day, you're just not happy with. Like, you know, Romeo, I had a real estate business for, um, you know, four years. Yeah, tell, uh, uh, t- yeah, talk about that a little bit and then transition into you being a comedian. Well, yeah, like, you know, um, I, like, I, like I had gone to UCLA and then after UCLA, I was going to, I was like, okay, I'm going to move back to where I'm from, Orange County, and I'm going to work on saving money for law school. So I went back and at that time, the real estate market was really, really, uh, you know, jamming. It was just like really um, going off. Every, all my buddies were like making tons of money. And, and our, unfortunately our culture is like, has taught us to like money means everything. Who's got the best house? Who's got the nicest car? Whatever. That means a lot, unfortunately, to, to a lot of people. And so I got caught up in that. I was like, well, maybe I can just do this for a while and, and make some money and, uh, you know, and then I'll, and I'll go back to school or whatever. All at the same time having this like perform this like, this like, uh, yearning to perform always just suppressed and just keeping it down. I'm like, okay, I'll do that later, but let me just make a little money right now. We make a little money right now. I think that happens to so many people where they choose the money over the passion and dream. Like they always, you know, like that's, that's a common uh, factor in a lot of people that I've talked to that are like, well, I, I will even comics now that are there that can, that haven't crossed over to that next level mm-hmm. of being at, you know, being known or a little bit more well-known or whatever. They may just be a road comedian. That's like doing tons of work on the road, but a lot of people don't know them yet. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I've crossed over and I'm, I'm not a household name by any means yet, but, um, you know, I'm working to get there. But these guys will get caught up in, well, I can't, I can't move to LA or New York because then, then, uh, I gotta be on the road making money. I gotta make the money. And, and I always say if you're, you know, a lot of people say this is if you're doing it for the money, you're, you're in it for the wrong reason. Right. You know, right. you should be in it, in it because it's fulfilling, in it because it makes you happy, in it because there's no other thing that I could be doing. I was put here to be, a, to make other people laugh. So I got caught up in that whole world of let me make a little money, let me make a little money. Then a little money became a lot of money, and then I just got too comfortable with that. And I'll be honest with you, I was I, I was making tons of money, good money, but I wasn't happy. Like inside, I wasn't happy. You know, I was always like, okay, well, I'll get, I'll get back to stand-up when I just save a little more money. I'll save a little bit more money. And then what ended up happening was, and I was young also, you know, kind of, kind of dumb and um, just, uh, uh, you know, into the cars thing. I bought a condo in Huntington Beach and then uh, living the good life thinking it would never end. And the good, lo- good life, I mean, uh, just materialistically, like I had everything right. I wanted. Um, but, but I wasn't happy, like inside, not happy. So the, the best thing that ever happened to me was the real estate market, market taking a dive. So when that happened, I took the opportunity to, uh, I could either like re-up and, and try to make my business better and try to survive or I or just say, forget all that and let me go follow my dreams. And I did that. I said, you know what, I'm going to move up to LA and I'm going to stop doing this real estate thing and I'm just going to start from the bottom and I'm going to just go every every single night and I, and I did that. I just never uh, really looked back. I was just like, forget it. I'm going to do what I want to do. 
and started doing stand-up and um, lived like kind of like a bum for three years. I lost everything. I lost my condo, lost my car, and just started doing those open mics every single night, going to the comedy club every single night. And, it, you know, it was a lot of hard work, but I got to a place where um, I started to make a little bit of money doing stand-up. And it's only getting, it's only getting better. You know? Yeah, and, yeah, you're uh, creating and, a lot of successes. I see you. I really see you. Yeah, and it's just like, and it's so funny because like I've never been happier, and and the money does not matter to me. Like if this was the end of it, like I said that like I think three. I've been doing stand up now for five years. Um, I, like three or even four years ago, even when I was doing the open mic, I was like, it, this is as far as I come in stand up. I would consider myself successful because I'm doing what I love, and I'm you know able to make a living doing it. And I'm not talking about like a lavish living, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. getting by, but it's the most fulfilling and most happy I've ever been in my life. See, that's how, that's what you define being rich when you're happy and fulfilled. And I noticed right, that yeah. one of the main things you keep on saying is doing it every single night, practicing your craft every single night, mm-hmm. you know, as a, as an artist or as an entrepreneur, you know, we start something, we don't do good. We put it off to the side and we call it a failure. Give us some lessons on why you should do things every single night or every single day or the power of consistency, in other words. Well, I, I've kind of been generalizing, Romeo. I've just been kind of like saying, you know, whatever it is you want to do. But for as far as stand-up is concerned, if I can get specific for yeah. a minute, yeah, yeah. it's like stand-up, there's a billion guys. Like I live in Hollywood. And this is like you if you want to do stand-up comedy seriously, you got to either be in New York or you got to be in L.A. And being in one of these two cities, the, the competition is ridiculous. There's a lot of talented guys, and there's a lot of guys that have a ton of work ethic. And, and you need a, a combination of both of those things to do anything in this town. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of guys that are very talented that don't work, work very hard. They're not going anywhere. There's a lot of guys that work super hard, but they don't have the talent. So uh, you've got to have a combination of both of those. Drive. Um, you got to have passion for what you do, and that, it all shows. Um, when you go to these comedy clubs, and, and some people don't understand the stand-up, they think, "Oh, this guy just just he's just funny at home, and he went up, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, one day he's just you know doing headlining shows. It doesn't work. Just like anything, you know, there's a lot of hard work involved, and I, and uh, and you just got to be willing to you know just dedicate your life to it. To be the best, you got to work your butt off. It's not like no one's going to hand it to you. No one's going to, you know, it's not like you, if you, even if you have a, the best voice in the world, you can't just pop on a stage one night and then you made it. You know what I mean? That, that These people that you see on, you know, these singers that are, that are making it, they've been doing it for years, you know? And like they, I always give Louis C.K. as an example of, for stand-ups and a lot of stand-ups will use him as an example too. I mean, you know, somebody at home may be like, oh, this guy, where'd he come from? They think he just was like an overnight success. It took him like 25, 30 years to get to where, he, where he's at right now. So it's like these guys have just been working their butts off to get to to this level that we see them on. And we're like, oh, my God, okay, so this guy just came out of nowhere. No, he was in the clubs. You know, he was in the coffee shops. He was, you know, writing. He was working. And this is a very common theme among successful people, that they work their butts off and they're relentless. And um, a lot of comedians, you know, after, you know, 10 years, if something doesn't happen, they might give up. If you give up, then you're out of the game. And for me, when, the reason I get up every single night is because I, I want to be the best I can be, and I have a long way to go. Like, in stand-up five years is really nothing. There's guys that have been doing this for, you know, 25, 30 years, like I said, that, that are still working to be a better comedian every day. So 
um, just going in the clubs and surrounding myself with those type of people give me the motivation to continue doing uh, what I do to be the best of, uh, you know, best stand-up comedian that I can possibly be. So have there been times where you would tell your jokes or write new material and then you'd do it in front of people and nobody would laugh? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That's that's the whole process. You go up and, I mean, for the first three years, you're bombing or however many years it is. You just, you bomb and, and still to this day, like, you know, there's always a bomb uh, you know, in the deck or whatever, there's still always going to be that, that night where you go up and, and, and you just don't connect or whatever it is and you might bomb. But the, the thing that we're working at, uh, as stand-up performer is to make those bombs less frequent. Even like the best guys still have sets where they're not the best. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then, and the writing process is, and then the process of a stand-up is we, we write material and then we take it to whatever stage it is that we're going to be performing at and typically I'll take those to like, you know, open mics or whatever, and you work on your jokes. You work just like you'd work on anything else. Um, some co- comics have compared it to like your uh, a comedy bit is like a sculpture. So, you know, you go up with a rough block, and then you start chiseling away at it. And every time you go up on stage, you chisel a little more. And then you go up again the next night, you chisel a little more until it's a, a polished uh, bit, you know? Yeah, so you're constantly, constantly fine-tuning your craft. And it's not just a, I got it, I know everything, I'm the best. It's a constant Mm -hmm. flow of uh, working and getting better. And you'll notice, like, the best guys and the guys that I look up to in stand-up, they're they're never done. And these are the guys, like, there's, uh, you know, you go to the last actor on any night, you'll see Damarira there, you'll see... Uh, you know, uh, any of any big name, you'll see Dane Cook there. He's there every night working on something new. You know, there's guys there every single night working on their craft. And that's then it, it, there's no end to this. Like, if you want to be a great stand up, you always get up and uh, whatever material you have, you're continuously working on it. And it's never done. No work is ever finished. So every night you go up, you go up, you go up, you get funnier, you get funnier, you get funnier, you get funnier. Two years ago, I thought I was really funny. Now, when I look back two years, I go, geez, I can't believe I was doing some of that stuff on <laughs> right. stage, you know? Right. And then two years before that, I thought I was funny. And I go, now if I look back four years, I go, holy crap, I was doing that? Like, that's, that's what I was doing, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's just, I cannot imagine me in 10 years. And so all this work has led you to a lot of great things. For example, being on Argo and being on MTV's Jerks with Cameras. Tell us about your experience you know, being on set of Argo and being on MTV's Jerks with Cameras. Again, uh, this goes all back to my work ethic and and uh, performing every single night because everything that I've gotten in the entertainment business has come from me performing and, and doing stand-up. So even Argo, like uh, the, the reason I went in and, and they wanted to see me audition for Argo was because someone had seen me do stand-up and they knew uh, that I can do like the Middle Eastern character very well. And so they brought me into audition, and that, and that was with no credit. I had no film credits, no TV credits, no nothing. And I got to audition for Ben Affleck, and that was, like, one of the coolest experiences uh, of, of my early career. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jerks with Cameras, same thing. Jerks with Cameras, uh, which is on MTV now, um, was the same thing. A lot of people, you know, they, if you're up every night performing and working on your craft, other people are going to start talking about you and hearing about you if you're, if you're making progress, obviously. And, um, you know, the, the people at uh, 495 Productions, which is the production company that put on the show, they've heard about me and, they, um, and they're like, let's bring this kid in. We've heard, like, you know, stuff about him. He can do characters, whatever. He can do, uh, you know, he's a, he's a talented performer or something. And so they brought me in and uh, I got to audition for them. And, and, and the biggest thing, I think, uh, or an important thing that, that I'd like to convey to your listeners is 
don't put a time limit on on any of this. You know, don't say, okay, next year I have to have have done this because if you're working hard, you're everyone's got a different timeline. Just work as hard as you can on your craft and uh, as most effort you can put into your craft uh, on a day-to-day basis, and your timeline will be your timeline, and good things will happen to you. Don't don't. I think it's bad that people go, okay, if I don't make it in three years, I'm done. That's just the silliest thing I've ever heard. Then you shouldn't. You should just stop now. Because I mean, set goals in that. I think that's important. But don't don't ever say I got to make it in this time or I got to. You know, this it, it it doesn't work that way. Everyone's got their own their own different path or whatever. Just as long as you're doing everything in your control to be the best at what you do, and that's that that means working on your craft every single day, day in day out, working, 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 working. Right, and you know when you're working hard and you know when you're not working hard. It's always up to us, right, to make things happen. It's 100%. It's 100% up to you. And you know if you're slacking, you know if you should be putting in more time. And um, it's just up to you. It's up to you to do, uh, you know, to, to achieve your potential. And that's it. And that, I can't stress enough how much work ethic and how important that work ethic is. You know, you'll see guys just, just working their butts off, and then those are the guys, you'll be like, damn, that guy, I see him every single night. And then you'll see, oh, he just got a show. And you're like, wow, okay, so it made sense. You know, there's no guys that's like, okay, this guy did comedy twice a month for 10 years, and, and the guy got on a show, you know what I mean? The guys that get shows, the, the Ray Romanos, the George Lopez's, the Chris Rocks, the Mark Lawrence's, it's no mistake why there's a common formula. Right, exactly. So what is next for Mr. Amir? Next for me is just uh, continue to work. Like I said, Romeo, I got a ton of work to do. I mean, I'm nowhere near my, uh, my you know, where I think um, I want to be. So I'm continuing to, you know, do stand-up every single night, um, continuing to tour, you know, obviously, uh, continuing to take these acting auditions and stuff like that and just work on acting, work on stand-up, and work on everything that can help me uh, in my career and to be the best stand-up comedian that I could possibly be. All right, so any last words to our listeners? Any doses of inspiration to recharge their passion, purpose, or potential? Just get out there and do it. It's time. It's time. Get out there and do it. You wasted enough time. Get out there and do it. (laughs) Yeah, if you're listening to this, you're supposed to be out there doing it. Stop listening. Yeah, stop listening. No, it's good. Like, these things are great, too. Like, listen, I listen to podcasts all the time. I listen to guys I look up to. There's a ton of podcasts out there that are good. Listen to Romeo's podcast. But um, ultimately, it comes down to just get out there and do it. That's it. Thank you so much for just constantly, constantly bringing that up of just doing it now and putting in the work. Where can people find you uh, to contact you, to hire you? to book you they can um contact me you can if you're on twitter or facebook uh it's at amir comedy that's my twitter handle instagram same thing um you can send me a message on twitter or you can go on facebook forward slash amir comedy and you can find me there or at amir at amir comedy.com if you want to contact me there all right amir i just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to connect with me to inspire me and to a lot of the listeners that are listening i wish you the best and of course stay connected and i'm here for you brother anytime my man dude it was so good to get a chance to speak with you romeo and i just want to tell you how proud i am of you man and yeah, you inspire me every day and just keep doing your thing bro uh, i love i love seeing you do this so keep on going 
keep on inspiring other people, and uh, we'll catch up when I'm back in the Bay, baby. <laughs> do it now. Do it now. Do it. Do it now. Get out there. Go now. <laughs> All right, Amir. I'll talk to you soon. All right, homeboy. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with Amir and I on the second episode of Superstar Success University. Some key points I would love for you to remember are working on your craft relentlessly, stepping up your work ethic, constantly create, know that everyone has their own timeline, do things with passion, know that it's 100% up to you to make things happen, and last but not least, to just go out there and do it. Also, I'm curious to know some of the tips that have helped you create great success in your life or business that you would love to share with other listeners, and I'll be glad to share them in future episodes. You can let us know by sending us an email at superstarsuccessu at gmail.com. That's superstarsuccessu, the letter U, at gmail.com. And if you'd like to connect with me on social media, you can find me on my Facebook fan page, facebook.com forward slash Romeo Marquez Jr. to join our VIP list for free tips to elevate your greatness and to stay updated for future episodes. You can sign up at www.romeomarquezjr.com. All right, y'all, this is Romeo signing off saying keep believing, keep shining, and continue to trust in the process because great things are in store. Peace.